Uh, we're so glad that you're here with us tonight. Uh, tonight, um, David and I are really excited about this live stream. It's a little bit different. Usually we would open up with some music um, and sing a song or two. Um, but we value so much the information that Jeff Payne uh, is giving us, the conversation that we're having with him, um, that we really wanted to just devote all of the time to that pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've known Jeff for several years now. And Jeff is uh, a board certified, not licensed in the state of South Carolina. And uh, I messed that up on our, on our graphic, but uh, he is board certified, highly qualified. And um, Jeff has been a pastor to many pastors, it feels like, in the low country. And so I feel like you're going to highly benefit from what he has to say tonight. And uh, we pray that God uses this however you see fit. Uh, however he sees fit. Um, but I'll pray for us, and uh, then we'll jump into this uh, recorded conversation that we were able to have with Jeff uh, yesterday afternoon. So if you would, go ahead and bow with me, and, and let's pray tonight. Um, Father, we come to you tonight, and God, we find ourselves in uh, week six of this, and um, Lord, not something that we all together expected. Um, but here we are. We find ourselves here, and um, Lord, many of us uh, are dealing with anxiety. Many of us are dealing with fearfulness, um, dealing with, many of us, even depression. And, Lord, some of us, we deal with that already um, in the normal circumstances of life. And um, this, this virus and this pandemic has only made those things worse. Um, for many of us, um, this is brand new to us, and we find ourselves in a very weird position. Maybe we've been exposed um, by this virus in the last several weeks. And Lord, for any of those things and, and all situations that we find ourselves in, we know that your good news, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it addresses all of those things. Um, and so we cling to that. Um, we cling to the blood of Jesus um, that has power, um, certainly power, over, um, over this situation. And God, we pray for those listening tonight. We pray that this would be helpful. We know that whenever we um, pursue you, when we follow you, um, and whenever we get the appropriate help that we need, God, that sometimes um, that leads into a more peaceful and more healthy life. And so um, this is for you. God, we pray that you would do with it whatever you choose to do. And we pray that um, all things said and done, that your glory and your name would be lifted high. We love you, Jesus. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. Well, again, Jeff, thanks for coming on today. And um, like I said, you've been uh, a really good friend of mine since probably the five or six years that we've been here. And uh, I know that you've helped me out and you've helped uh, my marriage in uh, several spots. And although that's nothing that you uh, claim to specialize in, that, that really seems to be something that you're good at is marriage counseling. Um, and so <clears throat> obviously um, we're, we're here in um, 2020 and started off not so great, <laughs> um, but we're finding a lot of folks in our church and in our, our neighborhoods and so forth, folks that we're hearing from, folks that we're listening to, um, we're noticed that most people have this sense uh, of feeling overwhelmed. 
um, and it's caused either uh, anxiety or depression or both uh, for many cases. And so I, I wanted to ask you, first of all, what's the difference between anxiety and depression? And if you were to counsel um, somebody who feels like they're dealing with one or the other or both, uh, what you say to that individual? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, y'all. Um, super excited and impressed uh, with what God's doing in Creekside. Uh, just a little return. Uh, thanks. I just found out you're doing a uh, you're doing a, a a Zoom call on Gospel Conversations. I always need some encouragement there, so uh, I'll be tuning into that. So thank you for what you're championing over there. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm excited for the time that the church finds itself. You know that. Um, that this is unprecedented in an incredible way that um, I think God has just positioned us to, to be a bright light in dark spaces. Um, but those dark spaces uh, are, are very, very dark sometimes. And uh, it's interesting, depression and anxiety get mentioned in the same sentence most of the time. Uh, but they're, they're different, but they do kind of cross uh, paths a little bit in some of the symptomology. Um, a, a great analogy that I heard a long time ago is uh, if you picture yourself standing in, in the doorway of a room and the light is shining from behind you into that room, uh, the further you get in that room, the darker it gets. And, and if you go all the way to the back of the room, uh, that's, that's depression. That it's, uh, it's a depressed mood is literally what the word means is to, to press down. Uh, to depress, uh, if you find yourself, um, you used to be interested in things, now you're not doing them anymore. Um, one of the signs of, of depression, a slowing down of things. So you're literally moving slower, lack of energy. Um, some of the things that you find yourself thinking about is uh, um, guilt, worthlessness, uh, trouble concentrating, things like that in the very back of that room, you often find thoughts of self-harm um, or you just, uh, what we call ruminations, which you find also in anxiety, but you just constantly think about those terminal thoughts about if I wasn't here, uh, things would be better. So you're not actively planning on hurting yourself, but you are having those thoughts of, of self-dismissal. Uh, if I wasn't here, it'd be better. If I didn't wake up tomorrow, it would be better. Um, uh, your appetite is affected by both of these conditions, uh, an increase in appetite or a decrease in appetite. So with depression, you can find those comfort foods where you're just reaching for something to eat. We joke a lot about this, and I think we joke about it too much because it's a, it's a big, big deal to a lot of people that when depression hits, uh, we will turn to those, those comfort foods and then we feel ashamed. And so now we're hiding it. And it just this uh, perpetuates into a really bad, bad spot. Uh, so for depression, it's that depressed, a lack of interest, a slow movement, um, insomnia, where you have trouble falling asleep or trouble staying asleep. Um, or what we call hypersomnia, where you're walking around just really tired all of the time. Um, and then guilt, worthlessness, things like that. Um, so that would be at that back of that room. 
at the front of the room, you've got this light, there's activity, um, and we find uh, anxiety. Now, anxiety is sort of, if you roll the opposite of depression, where things are depressed, anxiety things are really spun up. So we've got a lot of excessive thoughts, um, really restless, um, but at the same time, we can become easily fatigued. We can't concentrate, so the same symptoms there. Uh, sleep disturbances, where you may fall asleep, but you're startled. Uh, you're, 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 you woke up about, and you're startled. Um, you're tense. So a, a lot of times when I will meet with clients um, the first time, I will note their, the level of their shoulders. And if they're not resting their elbows or anything and they're sitting like this, there's just that tension all in their, their neck. Um, if they got their chin up and they're leaning forward, it's just, it's just a sign that they're just super tense. Um, and so muscle tension uh, and then just, again, with the ruminations, just excessive worry. I can't stop my head. I uh, can't turn it off. Um, so those are, are the, the two categories at the front of the room. You got this excessiveness, restlessness, um, and at the back of the room, it's just that kind of dark place. Um, to be clinical in depression or with anxiety, there are some other things that you need to demonstrate to know if you struggle with this as a condition. Um, but certainly, I think you guys would agree all three of us have found ourselves checking off all those boxes, right? I've been excessively worried. I've been excessively tired. I've been fatigued. I've had eating where I've ate too much or I've not eaten at all. So I think we got to be careful to label ourselves with either one of these, but just recognize what we can and can't do ab about both of these conditions. Does that, that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so <clears throat> what would you, what would you say to somebody who might um, find themselves and, and we'll just deal with the anxiety right now <clears throat> because I think that one's probably more predominant. I think right now, um, obviously isolation can cause some depression right now, but I think just across the board, whether um, from a physical sense, uh, what might happen to me um, or an economic sense, what I, you know, my husband might lose his job. I might lose my job. Um, so maybe speak into a little bit about what, you know, uh, what we can do to uh, battle anxiety. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk in, in my world now about what, what is going to be the outcome of this thing that we've, um, it's good that we're isolating, it's good that we've got social distancing or physical distancing, whatever you want to call it, that's good that we're, you know, lowering the dropping the curve or flattening the curve or whatever um but what we're what we're doing is inducing maybe some other things so um you're seeing a lot of that isolation um a lot of tension now because now we're at home all day with, with where we weren't normally at home all day and uh we're kind of tripping over each other um but specific to the anxiety piece um just some general thoughts are um limit your access to what is causing you anxiousness. Um, I, I just, uh, I did a crisis call not long ago with a patient and uh, talking with um, his family, uh, discovered that he was watching the news just literally hours 
a day and I, I want to be a good citizen. I want to, you know, be responsible and I want to keep up with what's happening around me, but I don't want my, my emotions to be like the stock market, which, you know, today might be down 600 points, which I think it is, but uh, you know, yesterday it, I think it, it had a good day, but, uh, and so limit, limit your exposure to what makes you anxious. And there's nothing wrong with, um, with saying, that watching the news and being exposed to whatever your flavor of, of media is, if it causes you anxiety, then limit it and, and have some accountability around that uh, where you're, you're taking control of what is causing you um, anxiousness or anxiety. Um, a, a great analogy that I often share with patients is uh, a gas tank. So you need fuel to get yourself through the day. You need something in the gas tank so that when you mash on the gas to do your job or, or interact with uh, your responsibilities or whatever, um, what you are being fueled by is a, a big deal. And so if I am addicted to caffeine and I already struggle with anxiety, this is probably the time where I need to replace a couple cups of coffee with some non-caffeinated tea or some something, you know, water or whatever. Um, but then as believers, and I don't want to get preachy here, but if we're walking with Christ, then my gas tank should be fueled and filtered by what he says. So if I'm dealing with anxiety, and, and the scriptures have so much to say, uh, David hiding in the back of a cave, Saul is right outside, if you don't think there was some anxiety going on, uh, I, yeah, I just, and look what he did. He, it's, he could have looked out of the cave across the ravine and saw thousands of troops, but instead he turned himself to the Lord. He, and he even, I think it's at Psalm 42. Uh, he even, he talks to himself, will self care. Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. Uh, and then if you read those Psalms, you'll find that he, he does confess his anxiety, worry, depression, all of that, but he talks to himself and encourages himself in the Lord. And the end of those Psalms are always, I will praise, mm. I will praise. So there's this self-care that we can take personal responsibility for, um, where we limit what is making us anxious, recognize that what we put in is what's going to fuel us. Um, and then take responsibility uh, around that. Uh, one of my one of my patients is journaling right now uh, around uh, severe anxiety, like debilitating anxiety. Uh, and so we're we're journaling, and we're we're literally writing down emotions, scales of one to ten, uh, so that we can take personal responsibility uh, about uh, the things that are around us. We're and we're. I call it a vetted diagnosis. If you go to the doctor, the doctor's going to say, tell me what's going on. You're not going to say, I don't know. I just don't feel good. You're going to give that doctor a list of things. Here's what my symptoms, and, and you know yourself. Well, with depression, anxiety, take that inventory. Recognize, okay, I, I just watched the news. Stop for a moment. All right, a scale of one to 10, 10 being super high, one being it's not affecting me at all. How did this news report or this tweet or Facebook post or whatever, how did it affect me? And throughout the day, you kind of get 
the rhythms of things that you can embrace things you can avoid. Uh, but you have to filter it. If you're a believer, I mean, th this is what we've been called to where to be light in dark spaces. And if my light is dim, I'm not going to be able to be a light to others. So you find this in, in the life of Christ, all four gospels say that he daily got alone by himself on a mountainside or in a lonely place or all these the places where other people weren't. And, and he took care of himself. He spent time with his dad before he came down and entered the mess of, of discipling 12 knuckleheads and healing people, raising the dead, debating the Pharisees. He understood those morning times, the fuel in his tank had to be something beyond Fox News or CNN or whatever, uh, and caffeine. He had to have something that was bigger than all that. And I think he, he, he gave us practical instructions that if we're going to get beat up by the day, we got to have something to start the day. Our gas tank's got to be full. Um, does that kind of answer am I yeah. off on a tangent there? <laughs> Sorry. No, that, that, awesome. that makes a lot of sense. Actually, we were on a, uh, a prayer call, David and I were yesterday and your brother, um, his brother, Adam said something kind of similar to that. And he was talking about fear and um, fear is an emotion that we were created to have, but taking that fear and using it to actually praise God um, and how to, how to kind of maybe flip the perspective on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, the, yeah fear, that, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. Why, why would God say, here's how you get wisdom out of fear. We've done something really funky with fear or we don't know what fear is, but godly fear properly placed is where we find wisdom. And so, yeah, I think it's a good word. If that's Adam Spurlock, man. It's that's... David's brother, Adam, actually. Adam Barton. Oh, Adam, Adam Barton. Go, bro, man. We don't need to throw him any compliments, but we just did. So that's okay. Um, so what about, what about people that say, um, I'm with my family all the time. My family is giving me a lot of anxiousness right now. Um, you know, I, you know, it's, I think it's good to try and have some time to spend away, but obviously we can't be away from our family all the time. So if for people out there that are saying, Hey, my family's making, making me anxious. Maybe my husband or my wife is making me anxious. My kids are making me anxious. What are maybe some practical things that, what are things people can do to kind of help this or alleviate this, or maybe help them grow in their marriage or their relationship with their kids? Yeah. Great, great question. M million dollar question. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, uh, I think we have to understand you can't give away what you don't have. If I don't have peace, I'm not going to be able to magically have a peaceful marriage. I'm not going to have peaceful kids. If I don't have it myself, I can't give away something I don't have. Mm -hmm. So self-care has to be a priority. And again, if you look back at the life of Christ, he took care of himself first every day it was his custom to get alone why because he knew that he had to be the best him i've got to be the best me i can so i can be the best husband i can but i'm not a husband before i'm a me i'm a me before i'm a husband and i have to take care of myself so understanding i can't give my family what i first don't possess myself 
And so that needs to inform my schedule. Uh, so maybe I need to go to bed a little earlier. Maybe I need to sit down with my wife and say, I'm struggling with anxiety around all of these, these changes and I need some help. So can we work out where I, I go to bed a little earlier or we get some, you, you have your quiet time while I'm having my quiet time. We've got some scheduled separation. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I do is I'm an outdoors person. So I have a, a huge front porch and it's just literally my little therapy spot. And when, when I go out there, it's just a little exhale time because I'm on Zoom and Skype and, and, and all that all day. So one, uh, take responsibility for yourself, self-care. You can't give away what you don't have. Secondly is, is um, recognize it and, and label it. It's, I know a lot of people don't like labels, but most marriages that I've I find that are struggling are ones that haven't labeled what's going on. They'll say things like, we're not getting along. Well, what does that mean? Mm. Label it. Tell me what's not, what's not working. And when you find out what's not working, what is working? What are the strengths? Every marriage, every marriage, I, I guarantee you we could find at least one small strength. Just one. It, it may be a wreck in every other regard, but I, we can find, and if you're a, a Christian, that's your anchor right there. That's your anchor. And we start with the strengths and then we influence the weaknesses. So self-care, it may look like my marriage isn't happening or is not well right now. My, my parenting's not going well. Then uh, Matthew 8, take the log out of your own eye before you remove the speck in your brother. So that is a personally responsible thing I can do. I can get alone with the Lord. I can read, I can pray, I can worship, I can get some accountability. Maybe I call David and go, hey man, here's what's going on in my life. I, I need some, some godly wisdom and I, I need to identify the log. And once I take that log out and I feel peace about where I'm at, I've confessed, I've repented, all of that. Now I can go to my wife and say, I'm, I'm really sorry. Or I forgive you, a whole nother conversation, but, um, Personal responsibility is just a big deal. Recognize it, label it, uh, and then act on it. Um, talking about it is one thing, but there, I think we can talk about it too much mm. and not act on it. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm bad at this, where I love talking about it. I can philosophize about my problems all day long. Um, but taking a, an action step, uh, needs needs to be at some point you got to quit talking about it and do something about it so for a, a christian man i would i would say who's your huddle partner Who, who's your who's your accountability partner are you are you engaging them in your anxiety or in, in your struggles in your relationship james five sixteen, great verse i love talking about this verse um so I'm a struggling husband and father. Um, I'm in this pandemic. I'm isolated. My marriage is not good. My parenting's not good. I call uh, David and I say, listen, James 5.16 says, David, that I need to confess the sin that I possess. Confess my sin one to another. That's from me to you. And then I need you to pray for me. And when we do those two things, the the, the that verse says, so that I can be healed. Hmm. That's a pretty cool verse. Hmm. 
Yeah. Confess your sins one to another. It's not confess your sins this way. That's where we get forgiveness of our sin this way. But healing often comes this way. When hmm. I, it comes out of my mouth to another man, I'm not doing well in my marriage. I'm struggling in my walk with the Lord. I'm whatever it is. And I need you to pray for me. And when we do that, that verse clearly says, so that you can be healed. Hmm. So taking, talk about it, that's fine. Label yeah. it, that's great. But take an action step. Yeah. Do something about it. That's really good. That's really good. Um, maybe to kind of go back to, we never really talked a whole lot of about depression, but what if... Um, specifically maybe with kids, if there's kids out there that are saying, hey, I, I think I'm having these symptoms of depression or maybe some feeling like they might have some more severe symptoms of anxiety. Um, I mean, and it could be parents as well. I don't want to leave them out. But what do you recommend parents doing for their kids in that situation? Um, is there somewhere maybe that they could go, somebody they can talk to, to, to maybe pinpoint or diagnose if there needs to be a diagnosis what's some things they can do right now uh, in regards yeah. to that it, yeah great question um, so for parents again I hate to keep harping on this is you can't give away what you don't have yeah I cannot help my kids process something that I'm struggling with and so I would say take care of yourself and then understand that your kids are going to emulate what you demonstrate um, they're going to act like you um, and so give them permission to, to feel that way. Don't, don't try to try to avoid doing what I just did. What you'd need to do is that's just, I mean, we're full of great advice, uh, but um, avoid that for a while. Let them talk it out. Let them label it. Let them talk about it. Ask them uh, clarifying questions. Um, tell me how that makes you feel. Uh, is there something that you watch or did a friend tell you something that made you feel that way? Why do you feel that way? But ultimately you want to land those conversations in the gospel arena. Hmm. What does God say about this? Uh, if we are believers, then we have to go there for our answers. What does the Bible say about that? And in that space, my goodness, uh, focus on the family. Uh, I watched a, uh, or I read an article uh, yesterday, I think it was, uh, about how to talk to your kids about these times. Um, there's other uh, solos got a really good one. I think right now media, if you guys are, if you guys have accounts there for your folks, uh, right now media has got some great videos uh, about that. Um, talking with your kids. Um, uh, help me. What is the guy's name at Focus on the Family? The the Family Guy. Um, uh, Ron Deal. Is it Ron Deal? Ron Deal. Ronnie, I think, yeah, there's, Sounds a, there's familiar. yeah, uh, there's some just great uh, ways to get your family together, give your kids permission to put words to their feelings. And, and one, once you feel that you've done that, ground them in the gospel, mm -hmm. have them get their Bible. If they're, if they're older enough, they're readers uh, or grab a children's Bible and say, let's, let's find an example of anxiety in the Bible, uh, the depression in the Bible. And let's, let's look at the Garden of Gethsemane. 
where Jesus was seriously depressed and overly anxious. I mean, he is bursting capillaries Mm. because he is so overwhelmed by what he knows is getting ready to happen. Uh, Let's, let's look and see what he did and you'll find that he poured his heart out to his dad. I mean, he just gave words to everything he was feeling. He begged God to, to do something about it, but ultimately like David, he said, not as I will, as you will. He surrendered and, and prayed. So I think helping your kids understand the practicality of the gospel is a big, big deal. Um, but there, there's some great resources I've seen just over the last couple of days. Um, have gospel conversations around period uh, times of depression and anxiety with your your kids that's good yeah that's 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 really good grounding them bringing it back to the gospel and grounding it back like experience these emotions but let's run it through the lens of the gospel Uh, Mm -hmm. that's that's really good and helpful so um last question that i have is um what if uh and if it's a blind spot, you might not know it's a blind spot because that's what a blind spot would be, I guess. But what if you have, what if you realize that you have certain blind spots? Maybe somebody has told you um, in all this and how you're handling or dealing with things. Um, how do we address those blind spots? And especially if we don't have access maybe to professional help or professional counseling. Um, I don't know if that question makes sense or not, but it, it, it does. I, yeah, and I, I'll add to that, Ryan, that <clears throat> to, to clarify the blind spots, you know, this is, <clears throat> um, it's had a way of exposing all of us to yeah. whatever our yeah. idols are, um, whether that's a sense of security or um, needing our own personal space or needing friends, needing to be, is, make no mistake about it, uh, at least every American and maybe every person <laughs> has uh, has been exposed for what we might truly find hope in. So that, that's just a little bit of clarification. Yeah, that's, it's a, it's a good one. And I think, and, and not to poke a finger in my own eye, but I think people see counselors, mental health professionals as the first answer and we're not. Uh, most often a counselor is just a good listener. Hmm. They don't have, I mean, there are techniques and things that we can learn. There are, there are areas of counseling that can equip you with skills to, to deal with anxiety and depression. There's cognitive awareness uh, things. And we can even talk about a couple of those just practical steps. Um, But in the end, I would say, and I hate to say this for the umpteenth time is take personal responsibility mm-hmm. for this and don't underestimate the power of fellowship. Uh, it says confess your sins one to another. It doesn't say confess them to a person that has letters after their name or letters before their name. It says confess your sin one to another. So I'm going to find another godly man that I trust. Uh, I trust him to be confidential. He's, he's not going to go blabbing my stuff all over the place. Uh, he's reciprocal, so he's going to tell me his stuff too, uh, and he's going to be available. So I can, I can, when this is over, I can sit across a cup of coffee with him and 
and we're going to try James 5.16. And I'm going to confess, and we're going to pray, and I'm going to keep labeling it. And and if the numbers go down, and this is, now I'm, I'm, I've got a handle on this, then I'm good. I'm good. I win. Um, but if I can't, and I've done everything I know how to do to take responsibility for this, and it, it just keeps sneaking up on me and is out of control, then yeah, it might be time to go talk with somebody. Um, before that, I would say journal, even if it's just for a week of what you're doing, what you're eating, uh, how you're sleeping, so that when you go talk to somebody, you'll have a bit of history to help inform them uh, about next next steps. Um, so I would, it's, yeah, if, if you need help, get it, but don't, be slow to move towards professional care unless you've got a medical condition. Um, certainly, you know, go to the doctor and talk uh, uh, with them about that. But if it's this, uh, man, I'm just having these, these anxious thoughts, or I'm just worrying all the time, I'm ruminating. Don't just say somebody else can fix that. I, I, I'm going to take responsibility of that and I'm going to, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to be safe now. So if I'm having thoughts about hurting myself, we can, kind of talk about that here at the end, but I'm going to be safe, but I'm going to, I'm going to not overestimate or underestimate the power of me and, and, and Ryan getting together on a call. Then, Hey man, I, I've just got some stuff I got to tell you that I'm not doing real well. And I need you to pray for me. And I'm going to trust that God it's in his word that I can expect healing according to James five sixteen. And, and as I repent, if something I own, um, as I forgive, if it's something that somebody else did to me, healing is coming my way because that's what God's word says. Mm. And as time goes on, if it's still just eating my lunch, then it, it might be, it might be something that's chemical and mm. we might need to, to look at, at going to the doctor, getting some blood work. One of the first things I do when I take on married couples is I want to both go to the doctor because all the counseling in the world is not going to fix a, a thyroid condition. Mm. Or, or some sort of vitamin deficiency that's going to uh, that's going to rear its ugly head in a in a behavioral way or a, a, a cognitive way. Uh, so let's get smart on how our health is doing, uh, but don't don't jump too quick. Uh, to people like me, I love what I do. Uh, I think I'm called to do what I do. Um, but but I should never replace personal responsibility, growing in the faith, exercising those muscles spiritually, and getting accountability around it um does that make sense i think i answered it. sorry yeah, that makes a lot of sense wow <clears throat> Jeff, that's really helpful um what i think <clears throat> probably what where most christians find themselves um you might have some that want to rush but then you have others because of pride or because of history or because of what they've been told about going to a counselor sometimes it, it takes some humility and uh, get pride out of the way for us to actually go and seek help um, to go and, and find a counselor for us to go and you know seek out professional help or to even another brother or sister sometimes takes a lot of humility um, so let's just say hypothetically you know, somebody wants to go and, and find somebody, um, you know, they want to talk to a counselor. Um, you're not a, a 
unfortunately uh, available uh, to give counseling uh, too much. Um, who do you who do you refer to people to? So if somebody um, needs to go see a counselor, um, where are you sending them? Yeah, that's a good question. So normally I'll give that little spiel. Don't don't underestimate the power of your relationships uh, in in your your church community. Um, but if it's something that definitely needs some intervention, you need somebody else sitting in the room with you um, for for marriage, marriage or family, really. I I love and champion the the folks at River Bluff uh, Counseling Center. Uh, their their director over there is Cindy Shirley is one of my my heroes. Um, she helped me uh, when I uh, graduated and and got into um, starting my own thing. Uh, I sat with her and she is just an amazing godly woman, uh, and their staff is as well. They they uh, they are all well qualified. Um, they also have on their staff uh, two ladies that all children uh, that I encounter, I send them to, um, to Gina or Sarah. Um, and, and, you know, so River Bluff would be, uh, would be a good place. Um, a journey has your story um, counseling. Uh, and there's, there's some others uh, that if you just, you could look. And in fact, uh, I just talked with a pastor um, last week and we were talking about um, how, how would they build a resource page on their website? Uh, if, if you want to get help, here's some local, here's some local contacts for things like recovery groups, celebrate recovery or um, things like that. Um, and they just constantly are going to update that resource page as they search and, and find trusted places in the community. Um, so those are the two that, that jump out. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of churches have in their midst people that have have some level of training. You don't have to have a master's degree and licenses or board certifications, but there's a lot of good uh, lay training out there through um, great organizations that that you can you can have a couple go through that training and and then they can offer their their services. It's kind of a little bit more intense than a small group, uh, but it's not exactly a you know, a, a paid therapist session, you know, you're not coming to, 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 um, to somebody you're making an appointment, you're paying for the services. So I think there's a lot of layers uh, between where you're at and just jumping straight into a counselor's office. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of things you can do there. <clears throat> well, thanks a lot, Jeff. Man, we really appreciate that. A lot of really good, um, a lot of really good answers to those questions, things to think through. <clears throat> um, any other closing thoughts or comments? You know, if you're, uh, if you're to the folks at Creekside or anybody else who finds themselves watching this right now, um, any other uh, things to say or anything you want to make clear? Yeah, so um, it's always, it's always a, uh, an ugly thing that's in our world, but it, over the last couple months, the numbers are are increased, uh, increasing a little bit, and that is self harm. Um, we've just seen a an uptick, um, and I think anybody would have guessed that we'd probably be responding to those kinds of uh, um, calls for help. 
Um, so I would say that uh, forget everything we've talked about. If you're not feeling safe, let's go straight to that. Um, your safety, if we don't have you, then, uh, you know, game over. Um, and so I would say uh, if you need help, you got to get help. Um, one of the, the, so I work for South Carolina Department of Mental Health, and um, there is a 24-7 uh, a number that you can call. Uh, it's easy to remember. It's 833, not 843, 833-364-2274, or it's 833-DMH-CCRI. CCRI is a team of folks statewide. Every, every county has two that are on call 24-7. Uh, so if you're not feeling safe, you got to call there. If you, if you just Google hotlines, there's a bunch of hotlines out there that are really good that, um, that have people ready to talk. So um, we've got to get you safe. That's uh, if you're having those thoughts ongoing, but you don't necessarily want to hurt yourself, then we need to get a safety plan in place. That's going to keep you safe um, that your family knows about. Um, and so, uh, and, and I can talk more about that, but if you're having thoughts about hurting yourself, we've got to talk. We need, we need to talk, call your pastor, call your friend, tell your family. Um, and if you have a loved one, you're not alone. Call, call us. We can help walk, walk you through safety plans. Uh, if you're single and you're, or you're by yourself, uh, right now, um, you're going to have to set your pride aside because your safety is more important. You need to go to the local ER or you need to call 911 uh, or call, call us. And we just need, we need to talk about it. So safety is primary. We've got to keep ourselves uh, safe. Uh, if you're a family member of somebody that's, uh, that's thinking about that or they've expressed a plan, remove the means. You got weapons in the house or prescription medication in the house, hide it, lock it up, do something. Uh, to remove access to to those um, those things in a moment of of impulse, uh, where they, you know, we don't want them successful. Um, and so, uh, so I guess that's one thing I would say. Um, another is is this cliche, and, and I hate them, but this one works. Is uh, it has to be okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. So it's okay to say, I'm not good, but it's not okay to stay not good. You've got to take action. Um, be responsible for, for yourself. You're, you're worth it, I guess is what I would say. You are worth it. Um, God created you for a purpose, and, and I don't say that flippantly. Um, and so when you lose sight of that, uh, then depression starts to set in. And, and thoughts start to go to a place we don't want them to go. Uh, and you need to talk. Um, I'm, I, and I got room for that. I, I, I don't care what time it is, day or night, you, you call. Um, um, other than that, there's just, uh, there's a lot of helpful things out there. I don't like Googling anything, but there are some, some good resources out there. I could probably email you a bunch of those that people can Find things like de-escalating techniques, grounding techniques, uh, different things that you can do in moments of anxiety and, and depression um, to uh, where you do them. You don't, you don't need me. You don't need anybody else. You just need a little bit of skill and, 
and you're taking care of yourself. And that's uh, so I can send you some of that as well. But yeah, absolutely. And we can make that available for anybody that's watching. They can just see the link below where they're yep. watching. Yep. It's good. <clears throat> well, thank you so much for all that. Um, <clears throat> you know, all three of us, I think I'm speaking for all three of us, but um, we didn't get into pastoring because we don't like people. You know, we, we love people and God has given us, he's called us into the ministry and he has given us a heart that loves people. So, you know, there, there's been a lot of this that is just um, a lament as pastors, knowing your folks are at a distance and they're hurting and there's only so much that we can do. Um, and so as, as a pastor, and I, I, again, I think for all three of us, um, we love you <laughs> as, as your, your folks and, um, we want to do whatever we can to help you. And so Jeff, that's why we brought you on. And, um, I think there's been some, some gold here, uh, for all of our folks to listen to. And uh, man, we, we really appreciate it. You, you said basically exactly everything I wanted you to say. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, love talking with you. It's um, always a pleasure. I, I am looking forward to your encouragement around gospel conversations. I think if we were to shorten this down to one sentence, that would be the answer to this is center everything around a gospel conversation and, and let, let the spirit lead you and, He's got all the answers. He's not surprised by any of this. He didn't get up and go get a cup of coffee and come back and go, what in the world have you done? He knew he is sovereign. All right, guys. Well, thank you for sticking around with us and, and hanging around. Um, I hope that you uh, benefited from that. I hope that you were able to um, here's some things that were helpful and um, just some next steps that we want to talk about together. Um, no matter who you are, um, however you might find yourself watching this video, um, whether you go to Creekside, whether you go to another church, or, or whether you don't go to church at all, um, if you find yourself watching this video, what we're going to ask you to do is if you would take just the next 30 seconds and if you would think about um, some of the closest friends that you have, um, again, whether they go to church, whether they don't go to church, um, would you just send a text message to some of the closest friends that you have and just check in and ask them how they're doing, maybe a phone call? Um, because, again, um, we're all in this together. We're all experiencing anxiety. Um, we're all experiencing um, a little bit of, uh, of concern and, and, and worry. And so what we're going to ask you is if you would just send a text message or a phone call um, to some of your closest friends and check in. We have no way of knowing what's going on in, in their lives, and um, this is probably the best way that we can find out. Yeah, so one question to ask, though, say they send out the text to check in with somebody. I text some of my friends, and some, I have a friend that says, I'm not doing good. Yeah. Like You might have a lot of friends that say, we're, we're fine, we're okay. But there is a friend that says, hey, I'm, I'm not doing good. What do you yeah, suggest? That's a, that's a really good question. Obviously, um, if you send a text message to a friend and they respond, I'm not doing good, and you say, oh, well, that's just too bad, and, and I love you, and you move on, 
Um, well, that's not being a good friend. And so let's let's work through certain levels. And um, let's just say hypothetically, you get a friend and um, they're experiencing some anxiety, a little bit of worry. Um, but you can gather that it's not um, it's not very um, uh, it's not an emergency situation. We'll, we'll call this level one. Um, if you have a friend that may uh, may be found in level one, what you want to do is you want to call that friend and you want to listen. Uh, you want to listen to their concerns, listen to what's going on, listen to their fears. Um, maybe ask good questions like, "Hey, what are your triggers?" Um, remember, uh, Jeff talked about um, things like. Um, watching too much news can cause a lot of fear. Um, maybe watching the stock market right now. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's uh, even parenting your, your kids right now, find out and, and ask that friend, what are those triggers that you might have? Uh, point them back to the gospel. Remember, remind them of the gospel. I think Jeff did a, a wonderful job reminding them, uh, reminding us all that everything is a gospel issue. And so, Point them back to the scriptures, and then you want to close that conversation with some prayer. So we'll, we'll call that stage one. Uh, stage two is maybe um, you, they find themselves with a little bit of depression and some anxiety, and maybe you feel overwhelmed, um, but it's not quite to the stage of where um, they feel like they need to talk to a counselor, not quite to the place um, where they feel like they uh, need to seek um, help in terms of, uh, of suicide, and it's not really an emergency situation, but it is something that really needs to be addressed. Um, and if you find yourself in, in this stage, we'll call it stage two, level two, um, well, then what we would challenge you to do is to call um, one of your pastors, um, myself or Pastor Ryan, call us, and we will walk through that process with you and um, hopefully coach you up on how to walk through this with the other person. And, and if they go to our church, then, then certainly we want to be involved in that and um, pray and, and care. Um, but again, um, ask and, and see what's going on. Remind them of the gospel. Pray with them, all those, all those types of things. Um, but we've also got some people in our church uh, that find themselves with um, just real shepherding uh, hearts and real caring hearts, and um, they want to help too. And so uh, what we've done is we've asked two individuals um, from our church that if you want somebody to talk to, these people have made themselves available um, to pray with you, to talk, to listen, to maybe give some next steps. And uh, if you're a, a guy out there and you'd like to talk with anybody in our church that's not a pastor, um, then Lamar Butler has made himself available. And uh, Lamar actually works at Berkeley Mental Health, and so um, he's all around this field, and um, he's not going to diagnose you or anything like that. He's not going to prescribe you, um, but he will provide a listening ear and, and be there and um, care for you and pray for you. Uh, and the same goes for our females. If you find yourself in this boat, uh, my wife, uh, Ashley Barton, um, has wanted to, to dedicate her life to this field and to this topic. Um, as uh, a counselor for the rest of her life. And so if you're a female in our church or um, out in the community, maybe you can go to another church and um, you would like somebody to talk to, um, then my wife is available for you. Um, so that's stage one and that's stage two. And stage three, um, this is the, the, the most crucial, the most critical. Um, we would call this the emergency level um, is stage three. Um, this is, uh, it, it's past talking, it's past uh, a pastor's help and 
Um, not that we don't want to be involved. We should still uh, be notified. But this is a, a stage where we need some uh, professional help. And um, again, we would re reiterate those, uh, those numbers, those, those hotlines that you can call. Um, if you have feelings of harming yourself, um, then, then we need to, to call those numbers. So if you have a friend, you call them, and they find themselves in this emergency situation, um, you need to seek some help and um, encourage them, one, to, to call that hotline, but two, also think about those safety plans uh, that Jeff mentioned there in, uh, in the interview. Remember those safety plans that you need to have uh, set up in your, in your house uh, to get rid of things, whatever it is. Um, you need to do those things. Um, and so uh, there's stage one, stage two, and stage three. We're going to challenge you, if you would, call a friend. Um, find out where they are, and depending on where they find themselves and uh, how you find yourself as the friend and as the listener, um, we want to respond with, with appropriate uh, actions and with appropriate help. And so um, if we can help in any way, uh, we make ourselves available. Um, listen, um, <clears throat> Jeff, he quoted uh, David in the Psalms. David says this in Psalms 4. He says, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. He says, You have given me relief. When I was in distress, be gracious to me and hear my prayer. And I just want to say that as pastors and, and um, the pastors over Creekside, that, that we love you and that this, this is our prayer uh, for you and, and uh, for your family, that the Lord would be gracious, that he would hear your prayers uh, in knowing that our God is gracious and that he responds with love and with kindness. Um, and we want to help the best we can. So let us know. Uh, let us know how we can help, uh, respond, and, and reach out and leave a comment or send an email. Uh, you have our, our phone numbers. Um, anything that we can do to help serve or help pray or listen, we make ourselves available. Um, but that's going to conclude our time tonight. Um, but before we leave, I want to ask Pastor Ryan if he close us up in prayer. Absolutely. And I would also like to point out in, in just a couple minutes after we end this, we've put some of these points in a, a PDF document form, so some of the numbers um, the, the links to the websites that Jeff referenced, he, uh, he, he talked about a couple de-escalation escalation techniques. Um, and so we've put some of these into a, a, a document that we'll put in the comments that you should be able to just download and, and have at your disposal. So um, I want you guys to know, and I think I can speak for David in this and say, we love you. We love you. And we want to be here. We want to serve. Uh, if you need help, we want to be here to help you. Um, so with that, let's pray, and we'll be done for this evening. Lord Jesus, thank you so much uh, for your love and grace on our for our lives. Thank you that you are a mighty, powerful God, but you are a God who loves us, and you've made a way for us to have a relationship with you, and that's through your son Jesus and what he did on the cross. God, I'm thankful for this time to, to have a conversation with Jeff and, and, and for him to say, you know, it's okay to not be okay. I, I hope that these people realize this. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not do anything about it. And we don't want to shy away from, from these issues as a church, God. We want to confront these issues head sure. on. We want to deal with them in a loving way, a way that ultimately points back to you and your glory. So I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in that way. And the people that watch this, um, that are watching now or may watch in the future, God, I pray that as believers, uh, you would give us eyes to see people that are hurting, 
and you would give us eyes to see ways that we can help them, that we can listen to them, that we can serve them and, and point them in a direction if they need help to get help, but point them in a direction that ends with you and your glory and your gospel, God. That's, that's what we want in all of this. The ultimate goal is to glorify and honor you. God, I pray that you would provide encouragement for people right now in this, this weird time that we're in. Um, I pray that they would experience joy and peace and strength. And I pray for, for perseverance, God. Um, God, I, I pray that your name would be made great in all this. Lord, we're so thankful for how you're bringing us through this, how you've provided, and we know that you will continue to provide. We know that your promise remains and it's never going away. You are faithful, and we can take peace in that. Lord, we love you. All this through Jesus, I pray. Amen. Love you guys. Love you guys.